It's time for another Root Issues Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm here in the booth today with Alyssa and Dave. Hello. Do you want to say hi? Super Dave. Super Dave. He's got his little bitty head. The microphone's bigger than him. <laughs> there he is. There's Super Dave, and I got Steve in the booth with me. Hey. And we've got Mr. Luke. Hello. And so we are jumping in. We are still in being spiritual in a secular world, not just human. And today we are jumping into Romans chapter 8. And we are looking at this title called, Look at What God Has Done. Now, all through the Old Testament, God was always encouraging his people to remember what he had done. They were putting up piles of rocks everywhere, saying, remember what God has done here. And so today, I think sometimes I can get a little lost. And we're going to be jumping into Romans 8, which is the spirit, which is, man, it starts off Romans 8.1. You want to give it to me, Luke? Romans 8.1? Yeah. You can't put me on the spot. Oh, my goodness. I can't put you on a spot (laughs) like that. Alyssa, you want to give me Romans 8.1? Sure. All right. She's got her. Yeah. Okay. Oh, come on, man. This is the signature verse. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. But, Chris, I feel like you were trying to put them under condemnation. With no, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, if they walk into it, that's their choice. Because that's some of what we're going to be talking about today. Do you live under condemnation or do you live free? You know? Amen. And I mean, like Romans 8, 1, for me, it's like that signature verse, like there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Like that is life by the Spirit, you know, living in that freedom. And then, you know, we're going to jump in. So let's do like a 60 second. Well, I th- well no, okay. go ahead. No, I was you, just going to yeah, say, I think it. it's good to differentiate between condemnation and conviction. Well, absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, being convicted, I think, is is a, a good thing you know that is a healthy piece of well, absolutely yeah be walking with yeah. christ conviction steers us back yeah. to our relationship where condemnation becomes a wall right. on our relationship yes. a barrier yes. and so yeah and so yeah y'all want to do 60 seconds Let's do it just sure. rattle it off all right who wants to go first any mini money mo catch a mine's super easy all right go with it um just in in romans 8 there's a verse that says you know life by the spirit is peace mm-hmm and I think every time I see my life not being peaceful, I'm like, okay, what are my foundations here? What am I going off of? What am I concerned about? And then always just finding my way back to that root of mm-hmm. I live by the Spirit. Yeah. I am don't need to worry about anything. Yeah. Uh, not anything, but like the things I'm worrying about right now don't need to be worried about because I have that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, be anxious for nothing. <laughs> nothing. Except for my soul, Chris. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. All right. But yes, like, you know, and I mean, I think that's a great flag right there. Like, you know, like if you're feeling your life is not at peace, then check the spirit. Yeah. Check how are you living your life? Because that's, that's a big testimony for sure. All right, Alyssa. Well, I think my big takeaway was just the what has God done? What is God doing? And what, you know, can God do? Yeah. Um, My mom always growing up would just remind us girls, like, remember who you are, where you came from, you know, and where you're going. Yeah. And I just think when you look at the God piece of that, Mm -hmm. it just helps you trust him more. And then, yeah, not fall under the condemnation as much because he's with you. Yeah. 
Well, mine is really short and sweet, too, because it was this concept of setting the mind on the spirit. And I mean, you know, like I grew up in a denomination that we didn't really talk about the spirit that much. We didn't put our mind on that. We put it on God and Jesus. But, you know, the Holy Spirit was kind of like, okay, the, the crazy uncle who lived in the basement, right? And so we didn't really deal with that. But yet, you know, as I've grown and matured in this church, like my focus is on him. And when I say him, it's the spirit, Jesus, God. All three is one, but really knowing that, like, the Spirit's my advocate right here, right now. You know, like, man, I'm connected. My soul spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit, and when I don't feed my soul with communion with the Holy Spirit and rest in that, then I do, I feel that unsense of peace. Like, yeah. oh, everything could fall apart, you know. And so it is. It's like setting the mind on the Spirit. Like, God has given us an advocate. You know, and I probably have like 30 seconds left. But I mean, when you think about it, it's like, you know, first, you know, the Israelites had God in the cloud and God in the pillar of fire. And so God was represented in those forms. Then God gave us an upgrade and gave us Jesus here on the earth. And then Jesus has to leave to send the spirit. And now we get the full upgrade now that the spirit dwells in us. And so, yeah, like, you know, it's always an upgrade with God. It's not like Mm -hmm. a reversal, like cloud, fire person of christ but you got to go travel to where he is you know to now god is in us and with us and so he wants to be close to us he wants to help us yeah Mm -hmm. so i think that's yeah a good reminder Mm -hmm. of like he's not just put us here to leave us to wander yeah Yeah, totally all right steve what do you got yeah i think all that um I think, you know, the amazing thing was it was Pentecost Sunday. So yes. in the, the Hebrew calendar lined up with Pentecost actually being on Sunday, uh, Pentecost being the, the fourth of the great uh, seven feasts of Israel that were celebrated, one of which all of Israel was commanded to be in Jerusalem for this feast. And hence Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the, when the church began, when God poured out, uh, when Jesus told the church to wait until the Spirit falls upon you um, and I think the tying in to chapter 8 is beautiful. Uh, again, just those three things. I think a lot of people say, well, what does it mean to set your mind in the Spirit? What does this whole new life look like? And we just tried to simplify that down yeah. to three things that any of us can kind of recalibrate in our thinking is um, boy, to look at what God has done, mm-hmm. primarily yeah. when it comes to the cross, right, for yeah. us, the cross and the resurrection. That as a reborn Christian is yeah. I always now, once I'm saved, to start this new life, everything calibrates mm-hmm. off that one primary historical event that changes everything. And then what? It, and then look at what he's doing. In other words, be present with the Lord, uh, be yeah. active with the Lord, uh, staying on his promises. And the final ones, look what he will do. So uh, really look at the promises of God yeah. to build hope. That is the totality, really, of what the spirit life looks like and will... Um, set our mind our whole soul focused right that way when mm-hmm. uh you know when paul says things like set your mind on things above what's well, kind of like yeah. well, why do I, uh, what's that look like right what's above me you know yeah. um is uh it's the same thing right yeah. is saying okay i need to let me think no matter how bad it is when we look at the cross what he's done yeah. right the great things that god has done for us that puts everything in perspective gives us hope for the present right to be present with that identity and not mm-hmm. what the world says and uh, as far as hope, what we have to yeah. look forward to is in the promises of God. He was true to all of his promises in the past, and he will be true to the ones that are not yet yeah. right fulfilled. And uh, that wonderful Second Corinthians promise that where uh, he says all of God's promises are yes, yes. in Christ Jesus.
Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful picture of well, the story of like the disciples are on this upper room, kind of you know, isolated in a sense, and the spirit comes upon them, and then it's not them per se sharing this explosion of all of a sudden it's God working through them, and it's not them yeah. anymore. It's God like literally working through them. And yeah. I think that's the yeah. epitome of what we're trying to get at or pursue. No, absolutely. But I mean, I think one of the biggest obstacles, like if we were going to look at a root issue of like, you know, what is blocking people from moving into that life by the spirit? I just want to throw this word out, like just this, you know, they're not content, discontented. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this discontented, like you say, go back to the cross, look at what Jesus did paying for our sins, rising, defeating death, allowing us to have relationship with God again. And so, like, sometimes when I'm talking to people and all I'm hearing is their long list of things they want, things that they feel will complete them, I just have to ask them, like, if you got none of that, can you be content with the life that God has given you and what he has purchased for you? Like, is that enough? If you were to boil it all away, like if you never had the house, if you never found the wife, if you never had the family, if you never found that perfect job, Mm -hmm. can you live in the contentment of what God has provided? Right. You know, because I think that spirit of discontentment just starts angsting us and then it then it flows into the pity party like well i never had this and i never had that and all i've ever prayed for is a wife or all i've ever prayed for is that job but we're missing the picture of what god has done we're not following what he commanded the israelites to do Mm -hmm. remember what i've done and then live in that and know that i will provide everything you need yeah trust in his plan for the future yeah yeah, absolutely, and I think you bring up the priority of those three things, yes. right? Is that I, I, if I want to be present with the Lord and in, in, in my present life, ex, you know, have these things yeah. that, that we all long for, I, I've got to build upon the foundation of look what He's done. Yes. So if I'm not secure and continuing to secure that foundation yeah. of what He has done on the cross and how that specifically applies to me when it comes to my identity on these things. Then in the present, I'm going to be anxious. I'm mm-hmm. going to be more looking to the the spouse or to all the other things in the world to yes. fulfill something in me that only He can. Right? No, totally, foundation. yeah. So there is a priority of these, mm-hmm. right? Setting first what He's done, and now I have to apply that to the present and stand upon those two, right, for the yeah. future. Yeah, so. I think there's a cool quote that um, my friend told me, and it's, "You can't change the fruits if you don't change the roots." Yeah, and so it's like if you follow Jesus. With the, I guess, the expectation that he's going to change your life for mm-hmm. maybe a material blessing or all that, yeah. something like that. Even just if it's like, you know, to make you feel better. That's not the right heart attitude. Obviously, that's a promise that he gives us. But yes. the real reason we follow Jesus is because of what he has done. Yeah, back good. to what you said. It's because, yeah. you know, it, the cross happened and. Yeah, well, and that's a great, uh, right? That's all through the Bible, right? We reap what we sow. We, mm-hmm. if I want the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, all these things in my life, then I have to look at the root. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. what is the root? Root issues, baby. You know, yeah. what root am issues. I? Yeah, yeah, root issues. That's it's what we're root. here, right? Yeah. And is that root grafted into right the roots of Christ and yeah. what He's done for us, mm-hmm. or is it something else? Yeah. And, uh, and again, I think those things, as we always want to encourage our listeners. Uh, to pursue discipleship, right? Mm-hmm. This is where you yeah. flesh this out in a real intimate, accountable yeah. way, um, not just listening to podcasts, yeah. not just attending big church, but, boy, it's got to be fleshed out in that small. Yeah, in the in the small. And, I mean, I want to jump over to something that you always hit on, and I know yeah. this is kind of maybe how you, like, lead your children, and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure Carson's in there, but you're always referring back to when things are getting rough yeah. and I'm feeling like that anxiousness, I go to gratitude. 
Yeah. And so you tell us more about that, like, you know, because that is kind of like in the center of this, like, you know, can you remember what God has done? And well, I loved when you shared at the parenting class, uh, your family creed and number yeah. two, um, was what has God done? Yeah. Because I think it's a really good practice to start with your kids just to come back to concrete things. Yeah that are like the God sightings, like yeah. we talk about at yes. Vacation Bible School. Yeah, like totally. Where do you see God? And then just go from there. And it can be so simple. Like mm-hmm. we have food to eat on the table. Yeah. You know, I have a mom and a dad, Yeah. you know, that are here with me and taking care of me. Totally. Um, so I did this. I think that that can help them, especially when they're like frustrated and mm-hmm. angry and, you know, just... Well, God didn't create you to be that way. You totally. know, like I yeah. know different. I think people struggle though with that understanding of being a child mm. of God. Yes. Do you think that's because maybe they didn't have good relationships with their parents or Yeah. I just I yeah. I think sometimes that's a hard thing to lay down and accept. Yeah. You know, that you're like juvenile. <laughs> like <laughs> no, there's I mean, always growth. Yes. And God, you need God to carry you, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I don't but know. But that's at the core of faith, right? Right. Yeah. says no one can see the kingdom, enter the kingdom without childlike faith, uh, becoming like a child. And so there is this great humility as we yeah. grow older yeah. to be able to stay what blessed the poor in spirit, right? To say, Lord, I need that place of humility before God is mm-hmm. uh, that childlikeness of, Lord, I'm dependent on you. And, mm-hmm. you know, back to chapter 8, I think one of the main principal things if somebody wants to know we'll get to this in a couple weeks actually that to know if i'm how do i know if the spirit is leading me guiding mm-hmm. me filling me it comes back to that <laughs> promise of abba father right yeah. Yeah. paul says look the spirit has been given a spirit of adoption has been put inside yeah. your soul whereby yeah your soul cries out abba uh-huh. very intimate language father and I think there's a lot to drill in on that, right? I Back agree. to what you yeah. said is yeah. if I yeah. don't have that experience, if if my earthly father is a barrier, I have to work through that. But even mm-hmm. more powerful uh, that um, that that cry. And so if mm-hmm. someone doesn't know that, if someone doesn't hasn't experienced mm-hmm. that, where they feel their soul and their spirit like crying out, "Abba, mm-hmm. Lord, you know, Father," uh, that is something we have to lead. That's key because yeah. remember yeah. says. Baptize them, or it says, uh, go yeah. and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that actually means immerse them. Yes. Not just physically, a ritual. Totally, it means yeah. immerse them in relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So show them how to cry, Abba, Father, yeah. right? Bring alive their awareness that the Spirit is actively doing that yeah. in them. Again, this is back to Luke. This is root stuff. Yeah. This is very root stuff. If we don't get this this foundation that boy it's going to be shaky ground moving forward yeah and i mean i I feel like culture just kind of throws that out there i mean you know everybody you know can identify like you know the comparison the the joneses like they got this they got that you know and trying to keep up with other people but yeah there's this just childlike intimacy that you can have with the father through the spirit just in the sense of like okay i am grateful for what he has done you know, and then if you start at just baseline, like you have a relationship with God because you came to a knowledge of faith that I am a sinner and I need Jesus' salvation work on me, and then that starts the process. And I think we discount that sometimes. Absolutely. You know, as we just grow in our faith, like, you well, know. Well, because I think people give themselves credit. Maybe so. For, you know, like, oh, well, I made this happen. Yeah. 
you know, and totally. so the humility starts right there in the gratefulness yes. going to God mm-hmm. instead of by your own will or, yeah, you know. And yeah. I think the whole childlike thing, too, it's like such a beautiful picture of just being in wonder, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's like, you know, you just see, you hang out with little kids and they're like, yeah. oh, look, it's a butterfly. And they're yeah. like, mm-hmm. dang, I wish I still reacted that way. Because yeah. we get so, yeah. I don't know, like, I, I guess hardened in a sense to so many just things that we just look at and are yeah. horrible. And I think we do the same thing with God of just like, oh, look, it's a miracle. Cool. Like, thanks, God. Yeah, we're, like, we're so conditioned to be empirical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Scientists look at things oh, just yeah. from the facts rather than a child. And child doesn't look just the facts, but we yeah. lose that quickly if we yeah. don't. And that's what the spirit, exactly what you're saying, Luke, the spirit is to awaken that wonder, mm-hmm. right, that awe yeah. in us for sure. So how does that lead to like in a practical way? How do you see God working? How do you see what he is doing and has done? Like in it, is there is there ways people can open their eyes more to that that are kind of easier to understand? Or is it just immersing yourself yeah, I think so. I think all of this is. I mean, chapter eight of Romans to yeah. me is just. I think Paul's almost pinnacle chapter in many ways yeah. um, to the to the experiential manifest life, mm-hmm. right? Of of um, of God. I'm glad Super Dave is joining us here, adding yeah. a little, uh, know. you know, a little life. <laughs> Speaking of child, he's crying he's out. Our, well, he's, yeah. our, he's crying out. I mean, that's his. Yeah. Uh, we have the yeah. living right example of what we're talking about. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But, um, but you know, on that yeah. note, it's really interesting, isn't it? That uh, what's the first words of a baby usually? Mama, Mama or well, Dada. Yeah. In my yeah. experience, every yeah. time. Oh. Yeah, no, but it's yeah. it's I usually know. Dada. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's something primal there. There's something there yeah. that's yeah. very interesting, right? Um, about what we're talking about. Huh? Yeah. But back to chapter eight, your question, Luke. I think wow, uh, there's so many things in there. One is that that spirit of adoption. Uh, the other, uh, there's multiple things there that, that really help and show us. But the other one is, says, if you now, Paul says, that you've been given the Spirit of God, you should yeah. be by the Spirit putting to death the deeds of the, putting to death, death. the yeah. deeds of the body. So, um, I'm like, okay, how do I do that? <laughs> this is back to discipleship. But yeah. in my life, I know the Spirit's working when I start to learn how to, not just out of ritual, not just out of sin management, yeah. but Abba. Yeah. Holy Spirit now, Abba, because I'm your child, send the Spirit, it's in me. I start fellowshipping with the Spirit. You need to give me the, the means and the power to overcome whatever. Yeah. I need to put this to death. Yeah. Just the Not that I get some perfection going, but the very reality that I'm aware that I cannot defeat that mm-hmm. thought. I cannot, or, or back to what you said, Alyssa, the conviction to realize mm-hmm. that thought or that thing now is that's the old person. Yeah. I need to get rid of that. And I can't do it. On my own. But on yeah. my own. Mm-hmm. And here's that childlike dependence. Mm-hmm. That that awareness alone is evidence that the Spirit of God's in you, bringing yeah. conviction. Yeah. And the problem a lot of the times in the church, in our life, is we end right there and we just go into sin management. Yeah, absolutely. Rather than learning how to lean into the Spirit. Yeah. Because the, Paul says in Galatians, amazing verse, 5.16, he says that if we walk by the Spirit, we will not carry out the deeds of the flesh. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we have everything we need. Mm-hmm. We just haven't yeah. learned or taught one another how to lean in to take hold of the spirit's power right to yeah. put to death these deeds of the flesh that's I mean, just when, one of yeah many i mean when you, when you think about it it's like you know just write a list of everything that you want for your life everything you want for your character how you want to be remembered the experiences you want to have and then just at the top of that list right you can't do it right. you know because we have to come to that place of childlike sure. dependency like when i think about my children anytime they're faced with something 
they may try to tackle it by themselves at first, but then eventually it's brought to my plate. Yeah. Like, hey, Dad, can you help me with this? Or, hey, how does this work? You know? Yep. You know, and I'm always trying to coach my kids, like Samuel's ordering scooter parts, and he's like, Mom, Dad, can either one of y'all come here and help me? Right. And I'm like, oh, no, no, you sit there, type your name, type mm-hmm. our address. Right. It's you know, a like, support, like you scaffolding. Know, yeah, you know, but, you know, like, you know, he's never done a full online order. He can find right. everything he wants, right. but he doesn't know how to close the deal, right. you know. Well, and, that's a beautiful analogy, too, because like, yeah. I feel like so many times, like, the dad's always the last resource, especially when you grow yeah. up, you're like, okay, I, I got to do this, I'm going to figure this yeah. out. And then, like, at the end of it, you know, you have asked your dad and you fix it, and you're just like, I should just ask him in the first place. Yeah, know? totally. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah. And I just add to just, you know, there's so much in chapter eight, but it's just tied to that, or you read a little further, and it says this amazing thing, like, we don't know how to pray as we ought to. Yeah. The Spirit intercedes with groanings. Yeah. According to the will of God. Yeah. So there's a whole level of prayer. Even in our prayer exposes the, the reality of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. In my prayer, am I showing my Lord, I don't even know what to pray here. Yeah. Right? I, I, whatever the issue is, and leaning into the Spirit. Mm-hmm. But Spirit, I know you're interceding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and to be able to learn how this is where this gifts of the Spirit come in. This is where yeah. listening to the Spirit comes in. Mm-hmm. This is where to a whole nother level of praying in the Spirit that Paul yeah. talks about comes in. That we have not again taught um people how to do how to move into that we we've people we just how do we default we default to the list here it is Mm -hmm. you know father is is that how you want your child to talk to you yeah you know uh and look at the resources we have jesus interceding for us later on and we know the holy spirit is so that's that dependence and learning to depend on the spirit in prayer yeah right that's Romans eight. That's all yeah. in there, right? And that leads us to and people say, "Oh, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. It just doesn't seem to work." And everything. Well, you read further. What does he say? Now, who's going to hold anything against you? Yeah. Right? If God didn't spare His own Son, yeah. how will He not give you all things? Yeah, and, and you're more than yeah. conquerors. Yeah. In other words, build yourself up. Realize, don't buy that lie yeah. that that's not enough. That no. the Spirit is not all these resources of the gospel and everything is not enough for you. Yeah, and I mean, that's Romans 8, 31, because that's kind of where I wanted to go, because I feel like a lot of people have this block, like they don't really feel, and so they don't really feel like God is for them, but like Romans eight thirty one, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? All things. All things. <laughs> you know, and it's like... I think, like, you know, people will say, I'm dependent on God to do this, but he's not doing it. But I think there's also probably a, a root in there that God's not for them. Well, and we have to, we have to talk, remember, all of this fits yeah. together. You can't just pull, and that's yeah. our problem, too, is we pull out certain things, yeah. even right. out of just chapter 8. So that makes no sense, right? Because somebody could read that, oh, all things, then, I, then anything I say. But you step I'm back to verse 28, it. all things work together for good for mm-hmm. those who love God according to his purpose, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, all things work together for good. That's God's understanding of yep. God. Yes. So all things, he gives us all things. He's going to give us things that are good, yeah. things we might not know. And and this is again, James gives us clarity on this. We're to yeah. ask, right? Yes. With a heart, right? For that is right, with the right motive. And we need to mm-hmm. right lay that before the Lord. But yeah, like in the concept though, it's like I feel like a lot of people have 
chalked up disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, and then they become in that place of discontentment, and then they, they, they're they living in the discontentment so they can't go back to just the basic gospel like, hey, I am a child of God, yeah. and I live under that identity. They're living under the discontentment identity that maybe they, they, they live in this world where God isn't for me. Oh, he's for the... You know, Carson and Alyssa, he's for mm-hmm. Steve and Michelle, you know, he's for Luke, he's for Chris and his family, but God's not for us. Right. And then once they come into agreement with that, then they're just like lost in that concept. Like they don't know how to bridge the gap to trust him to even yeah. go back and think what good has he done Absolutely. to where they, then they can see that like, no, I'm a child of God. So I have, so you do, you have to start there. Like, you know, you put here Acts two thirty eight. you know. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then that flowed out of the teaching on Pentecost Sunday. That's it. And, and so it's like, you know, when we think about our process of baptism, like, what was the exchange? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, are we giving our old self to receive the new self? Yeah. You know, because I think sometimes, like, you know, we don't go back enough. Yeah, absolutely. We don't go back to the gospel. Absolutely. We don't go back and just say, boom, yeah. that's where everything started. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the big, like the devil's biggest tools. I feel like yeah. is distracting us from what God has done in our yes. lives sure. mm-hmm. and showing us, you know, or make it even flipping the script to being, oh, well, that was boring or that was not very immaculate or like yeah. just flipping it. Like we see in culture, everything that God says is good. We culture start seeing it's bad, bad, right? Yeah. So it's, it's just the devil using that yeah. to distract us from God's goodness. So, no, I mean, that's absolutely right. So it's kind of like, you know, as you mentioned, like, you know, what is your focus on? You know, is your focus on what God has done or are we being grateful, as mm-hmm. Alyssa would say, you know, to where we can really just enter into that relationship? Because I think anybody who's like feeling like abandoned, disconnected from God, I'm like, have you really entered into the relationship? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we're really talking about here. Like, I think some people see it as transactional. Like, well, I did this, and yeah. so I should get that. But, like, really, the, the, the push here is, in Romans 8, is, like, living life in the Spirit means we are living relationally with God. Yeah. You know, and when I think of, like, the family creed for my family, the number one is God is first and last. Everything processes through that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then we make our decisions based on how he's guided us in that relationship. That's great. Well, yeah, it's understanding it's personal. Yeah, it's very like that's personal. That's what's so different about Christianity, right? Yeah. From like Catholicism or other well, religions yeah. where you're having to go through someone else mm. or, you know, yeah, say there's so transactions. many things. Like I've yeah. always had an understanding that because I'm a Christian and Jesus is in my heart, yeah. like it's personal. It's yeah. very personal. Yeah. You know. And I think because it's personal too, it, it leads us to, I think you mentioned this is like, we need to share, like, like tell, show other hearts what we our has right. Just yeah. kind of that yeah. snowball effect of we find truth, we find peace. We want to spread that as much as we can. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, no, like living in that peace, it gives us the opportunity to look at anybody else who's struggling in their peace, and just to not condemn, not not pass judgment, but just to be like, hey, mm-hmm. listen. 
it's about the relationship, yeah. you know, and you can start any conversation that way. Like, you know, what what is your relationship with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Like, we um, make a strong point in middle school. We always refer, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. You know, like, I, mm-hmm. I can have that on automatic cut and paste when I'm writing the magazine for Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, yeah. we're always going to refer to all three so that we don't become part of the confusion. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. You know, wonderful. A, a lot of times when I ask people that question of, like, you know, what's your relationship like with yeah know jesus or a higher power they'll start you know it sounds like they're describing an imaginary friend just all the things they want in a higher power right yeah it's like well you're not going to get comfort for something you make out of your own imagination yeah i mean maybe a little bit but the truth is what's going to give you the peace not just Mm -hmm. this manufactured yeah the good vibes yeah yeah those are good vibes and i mean you know sending good vibes (laughs) sending good vibes your way right now yeah but i mean it's like you know I can pray for you, and you yeah. can receive good vibes. Yeah. Or I can share a time, you know, of God's goodness yeah. coming through yeah. in my life. And just reminding people, like, anything bad, it's not from God. You know, <laughs> like, like the Satan's real, yeah. and he's here to kill, steal, and destroy. Absolutely. And you have to remember that, yeah. that spiritual warfare. Yeah. Like, yeah, we have one enemy, you know, right. and... Other brothers and sisters in Christ are not the enemy. No, examine you know. your yeah your thoughts. Yeah. Where is it coming from? You know, and that we have one advocate, and that's God yeah. and Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit. Really good at making bad things into good things. Yeah, totally. really good. Yeah, Absolutely. but it starts with that trust. And if, so, here's what we want to challenge you with: like, evaluate your life. Like, are you? in the spirit are you living in the spirit do you have the peace that luke is talking about do you have that relational aspect that steve's talking about can you go down the list easily and say man i'm grateful for god for Mm -hmm. this and this and this like Alyssa is speaking about because that's going to be what kind of starts painting this picture of what is your relationship with god because really when we talk about life by the spirit it's not another thing to do Mm -hmm. it's another way to be and it's the only way to be if you're in relationship with God is living life from the Spirit. And so y'all could all repeat after me, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. You know, and so those are the those are the fruit. And so check your roots. We hope this root issues your midweek jolt jolted you to think a little bit more about the Spirit life and living in the Spirit and living at peace. Because it is the only way to live in a turbulent world. And we may say the world is on fire, but I think every believer in any phase of their life would have said, the world is on fire. But we live in peace because we don't live in this world. We live around this world. Got that spirit fire. Yeah, we've got the spirit fire. And so anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. If you ever need to reach out and shout at us, you can get us at rootissues at ccaspen.com. Thanks so much for tuning into this midweek joke. Jolt, not joke, jolt. <laughs> and have a great week. I need to get below the surface.